Hi, this is Jeff. And this is Mariana. And we're professional storytellers who love books. Welcome to Fiction Friends. Where we take a deep dive into the most popular fiction titles in all of literature. From classic reads and old-time favorites. To modern romance and contemporary thrillers. Join us as we discover new ways to read, look at, and talk about books. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you stay up to date with every new release. another episode of Fiction Friends. We have a little surprise for you because not only are we talking about a highly requested book review, but we've also invited another podcaster, our first guest for season two, Jet Bringer. Yeah, so um, we are actually, our guest for today is also a podcaster and we're going to let her talk about her podcast in a while. We're going to let her plug her podcast also. Uh, she's also a YouTuber, I think. She's a, she's a content creator in general. I met her through... Uh, the podcast PH community Facebook group, and I found out that she was a reader. And so, since me and Mariana were we were planning on bringing on new guests for season two, we were like, all right. I thought it would be easier to invite fellow podcasters as well, because you know we don't have to coach the guests through the recording process, and you know it, it can be intimidating for people who don't who've never tried podcasts <laughs> before. And so when when yes. I found out that this girl she reads books and she's also a podcaster, I was like, okay, let's just let's just do this. And so yeah, without further ado, welcome our guest, Miss Nikki Besente. Hi, Hello, Nikki. Hello, everyone. Thank you, Mariana and Jet, for having me over here at Fiction. Thank you Friends. for joining us. Thank you so much. Yeah. So maybe you can tell us a bit about your podcast. Yes, I have a podcast called From Nikki With Love. And I don't mm-hmm. really have a niche. I talk about anything under the sun. So sometimes yeah. I talk about dating, sometimes social issues, sometimes just random stories. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's mostly but you also uh, have a YouTube channel, online right? journal. Yeah, I also have a YouTube channel, which is also yeah. somewhat of the same nature. It's sort of like an online yeah. journal as well, just vlogs and stuff like that but you do a lot of book content i saw on your YouTube. yeah recently like yeah. the past two years I, i'm really inconsistent with my schedule but the past yeah. two years on my channel i have been doing mm-hmm. book content which i really enjoy yeah. so i'm happy to be here so yeah so fiction friend listeners yeah, nice. so if you're interested in nikki's content you might want to check her youtube channel out also um do you want to plug you. your stuff yes. now nikki oh yeah you guys can follow me on instagram my personal instagram is at nikki vicente and my podcast instagram is at from nikki with love ph and my bookstagram which i have a separate instagram to talk about books because i feel like my friends get sick of like me always posting about books on my personal instagram yeah. um it's called at paperback chapters so yeah awesome. thank you so funny mm-hmm. um i saw nikki post a story about this book and that's when i reached out to her if she wanted to guest uh, on our podcast because mariana and i were so eager to talk about this book on our podcast as well mm-hmm. and so i don't think we've told the listeners yet but you know if they clicked on the title then they know what the book is it's a little life by hanya i'm scared to pronounce his last her last name yana gihara yes. right Hanya Yana Gihara. Mm-hmm. All right. So, okay, we're going to get into this. It's a really long lengthy. read. It's a lengthy read, yeah. We'll get into the details of the book in a while, but first I want to we maybe we should try to get to know our guest. This is a question that I asked 
our previous guest that we had on season one, and I want to ask yeah. it to you now also. So, um, if you were on a deserted island and you could only bring oh, three wow. books with you, what oh, three books would those be? Oh my goodness, that's a tough question. Um, I'm looking yeah. at my bookshelf right now. Um, three <laughs> books. I think. Yeah. One would be the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. I love that yeah. book. I love that I did a review on that. On that yeah, I listened season. to your five-minute review on that. And yeah. the second one, probably one of the Harry Potter books. It's a comfort read. Of course. Probably the yeah, first one and the first Harry Potter book. And then uh-huh. hmm, third one, uh, probably... Once Upon a River by Diane Setterfield. It has like a fairy oh, tale never read that. vibe to okay. it. So yeah, those yeah. are the three books. That's a nice uh, <laughs> mix of different genres yeah. also. I'm guessing if I were in a, on a deserted island, I would need a lot of comfort. So I would yeah. choose very comforting <laughs> books. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter is actually the series that really got me into reading. Mm-hmm. Like as a kid, mm. like it's, it, I think it's that way for a lot yes. of kids also. They like, especially mm-hmm. our age, who like who wanted to get into reading, and then Harry Potter was like that intro Definitely, book. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, the book that we'll be discussing today is far from <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> yes. Harry Potter was the first movie I've really? seen. Oh, really? In are you serious? Yes. That's a nice movie. <laughs> Not How old ever. were you when you watched Harry Potter? But, all right. I keep forgetting there's like, we have like a five-year age difference. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, so maybe we should just get into the book, yeah. um, A Little Life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Usually, I, I think I've told you about this before. Usually, we start our reviews with a spoiler-free summary of the book. Mm-hmm. And um, we, as our yes. guest, would you like to take the honors of telling the audience, those who have not... Uh, read the book yet um, what the summary of the book is about without giving too much sure Um, the book is about I'm just basing it off of what you can see on the back cover but the book is about the story of Jude St. Francis and his friends Mm -hmm. Willem, JB and Malcolm Um, but you know you get a peek into the lives of each of the four friends but it mainly focuses on Jude and the kind of life that he was born into and the I guess you can say the men who ruined his childhood and Mm -hmm. the life that he built for himself after leaving that childhood behind and then the the family that he built for himself and how he sort of braved through his childhood drama all throughout his adulthood Mm -hmm. so yeah Yeah. that's mainly it I guess in a nutshell (laughs) so this is this isn't something that we usually do for podcasts, but mm-hmm. I feel like for this one, um, I think there is a need to put forth a trigger warning oh, for anyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're if you're a listener who is easily triggered, like if you've experienced or if you have any unresolved trauma, or um, if you're battling with serious mental health issues, you may want to consider be wary of the things that we're going to be discussing here today because mm-hmm. they are very heavy themes yes. that could potentially trigger those unresolved traumas that you have. So, um, yeah, if you're if you feel like you're uncomfortable with talking about heavier aspects of life, then please, um, we won't blame you for switching this podcast mm-hmm. off for now um but yeah, yeah if you if you feel like you're mentally uh, healthy enough to be able to talk about these issues then we urge you to continue to listen mm-hmm. so yeah i'm um, actually for context the book 
spans around how many decades? Like around mm-hmm. 30, 40 30 to 40 years, years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's it's what a 750 page book. <laughs> it's a long one, yeah. Yeah. Mariana Mariana knows this. Usually I am like a really fast reader. Mm-hmm. And like usually I consume books like really Not quickly. Anymore. Like usually when we when we <laughs> review a podcast, I I'll, I'll be done yeah. like weeks or like not not the one weeks like maybe days or weeks in advance mm-hmm. but it just so happens that with this book it was so weird it's such a weird by the way we're getting into our initial thoughts and opinions mm-hmm. about the book already so yes. um it was so weird for me with this book because i struggled to get through it like i never wanted to pick it up like i never every day i had to force myself <laughs> to pick it up to read it and and set goals yeah. like today I'm reading yeah. 50 pages tomorrow yeah. I'm reading another 50 pages I'm glad that pages. you guys agree with me on that and I want I want to figure out why mm-hmm. I, I, I can't I can't I don't know why <laughs> like, no, I, I have I have an idea why it it was like that for me like why I didn't want to pick it up every day but I want to hear you guys' opinion maybe Mariana you want to chime in on this this tedious and wordy book has seven parts. The first one, we get introduced to the characters and it is somehow written in a way as bad as it sounds. It makes you nosy and curious about what really happened to the yeah. main character. Mm-hmm. Did you feel yeah, that way? There's, number? there's you just ambiguity to know. in the start of the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There, there's stuff that you're that's that forces you to read between the lines, but you don't really know yeah. for sure. Yeah. Know what? Yeah. yeah. So, makes you nosy and curious about what really happened to the main character as he has been the most mysterious among the four friends during Mm -hmm. the first part. So, there is a constant shift in perspective as we go along and it is told in the third person except for one character. character. Right? Which I like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Except for one character. I like that. I love that I love him also. And then there is no specific time period for the yeah. setting. So, by the way, it's set in New York and there are no mentions of historical events like for us to gauge what the is. timeline yeah, and time true. frame is. Yeah. Yeah. So, even technology, yeah. it's not yeah. super yeah. in-depth when they talk about yeah. technology. Yeah. So, we are at an eternal mm-hmm. present day. So, it is given a 4.3 on Goodreads and the cover of the book is exactly how my reaction was while reading the, this bestseller. Thus, giving it a personal rating of 3. Mariana, it's interesting how you brought up the cover of the book. I'm go- There's actually a deeper meaning. Yeah. There's actually a deeper story behind the cover of the book. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get into that later when you get in the context. Yeah. In the context of the Yeah, when we yeah, reach the um, context. So everyone's been yeah no go ahead oh, wait, yeah see, everyone's see, yeah. been raving about this book that's what you were gonna say right yeah. about this book skyrocketing <laughs> expectations only to experience a thread of disappointment yeah. so I yeah. didn't really like this book so before diving into it completely please consider that this book is very graphic so trigger warning here and there as we are unpacking someone's yeah. trauma setting the reader as the sponge. Mm-hmm. So this novel was so har- hard to power through because of the draining micro-explanation. Mm. I guess this is why it was hard for us to pick it up because of all the micro-explanation. Yeah. And we had to sit through a eulogy of someone we barely <laughs> knew. There was a math crash yeah. course, a law crash course. It was a story that could have been shortened <laughs> to three 100 to 400 pages. I made a note about this because right? I'm sorry. I, I, I know that segment you're talking about where they were talking about math principles. And then I, I made a note in my notes. Yeah. <laughs> Ask Mariana how she feels about this because I know she would hate it. 
<laughs> of yeah. course I did. I mean, especially the math crash course. Okay lang the law, but like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, math, yeah. I don't know. So this book is a basket full of unnecessary scenes that if you don't power through it, you will end up having a hard time finishing the book. And I And we actually have fiction friends that have been telling us how hard it was mm-hmm. to yeah. finish the book. But I think a lot of people's a lot of people yeah. say that about this book also, but I think it's more about because of the difficult themes also that are tackled in the book. And maybe. not just the maybe. How the about writing. you, Nikki? How did you feel about the? I wanna I wanna reserve my thoughts for last because I really wanna mm-hmm. hear you guys' opinions. Yeah, it's first. interesting hearing Mariana's thoughts because I actually really like the book. Um, uh-huh. At first, I was a. Do you have a rating? Would you Would you be able to give it a rating? If I were to give it a rating, yeah. maybe four point. Seven, it's pretty high oh, for that's me. Pretty high, yeah. And I didn't. Yeah, it's pretty high. It is high. I, I yeah. didn't expect to give a rating that high because at first I was like, ah, it's so heavy. Like it's so long. Like I don't know when I'm gonna finish this. And it's yeah. it's such heavy topic, so I didn't know at, if I would like it by the end. But I really did like yeah. as a whole. But it's not easy for me to say, no, oh, I love this book. And it's not easy for me to recommend this to someone else. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. not like oh, it's read not a little the kind life. of book that it's you not. can just recommend to anyone. Yeah. But yeah. I think the reason I liked it was because it had such an impact on me emotionally. However, mm. negatively on some parts, na like very heavy yeah. chapters. Um, but yeah, I think the main reason I loved it so much was because it felt like I really was able to witness Jude's life. It is a, really yeah. a life within the book. It's very immersive, in yeah, fairness. Very like, it's immersive. a very immersive story. Yes. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. um, and it was nice to see the perspectives of the ones surrounding the victim yeah. also. Mm-hmm. The ones supporting them and how they feel about that. Because we always see yeah. it through the victim and not the people surrounding yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the victim. That's true. <laughs> Honestly, like I had so I, my hopes were so high for this book mm-hmm. because of the hype. Like <laughs> book talk. <laughs> uh Facebook, yeah. um, the fully booked groups, you know, and all of that, and even friends. Like I've had friends who to- who've who've messaged me yeah. and told me like, please review a little life. It's an amazing book. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, okay. So I I've I've read a little life, and here's my review. <laughs> That's <weird. laughs> Um Wait, what's your rating first? What's um, your rating? I so desperately, I just I so desperately wanted to fall in love with this book, and I almost did. Mm-hmm. I almost did. It had three ingredients for a great book. My personal like ingredients for a great book. It's first, of course, complex and nuanced character development. The characters in this book, they're so intricately crafted. They have very deep characteristics. They have very deep personalities that are so well fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Like you were able to distinguish the main characters so well because they each have very different personalities and philosophies and approaches to life in general. Even though the main story revolves around Jude and you know and the two people who are closest mm-hmm. to him there are there are still other main characters who are so well written like JB in particular and Malcolm like we don't get to spend much time with them but i feel like we do get a good sense of yes. who they are mm-hmm. what what kind of people they're like and i feel like they're so well crafted number 2 it has a very compelling mm-hmm. plot I have I have to say the things that goes on in this book, uh, the narratives, the way that the story is structured, it's very well written. It's it's life, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's it's I guess it, that's it. it it's life, yeah. and it's very immersive. It's very compelling. It's very compelling. Number three, 
it has great dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like the conversations that the characters have in this book, they're so well written. Like it's almost like watching like a sc- a really good movie, like with excellent screenwriting, like a screenplay. It's so well written. Mm-hmm. It's so dramatic, of course, and it's so emotional. Um, that's the big sell for this book for a lot yes. of people. Even though the right the dialogue is so emotional, it's not cheesy. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like it was cheesy or it was like tacky, mm-hmm. emotional. I, I don't know if you guys feel yeah, the same way. Yeah, it was way. Real. Um, Yeah, it felt so real mm-hmm. and so vulnerable. Like you, you could really sense the vulnerability of these characters through the dialogue. It's just that there was one aspect of this book that I hated a lot. And <laughs> it, it's what Mariana said. It's the exposition. There was too much exposition. Mm-hmm. Um it was a book yeah. that was just plainly overwritten. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, too much writing. I yes. understand that this kind of overexposition appeals to some readers. Like, they like having things explained to them as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But it just it disengages me from the story when I have things spelled out for me like that a lot. Like, the way that Hanya wrote this book is like she would narrate uh, something that happens, like an event. Mm-hmm. And then she would proceed to to use up one or two chapters to explain how a character feels about that event. And I feel like that's such a waste of writing because as a reader, I don't want to I don't want to be told how a character is feeling. Like I want to be able to figure that out on my own. That's a journey that I mm-hmm. want to take as a reader. Like you're ta- if if you take that away from me, then it's not fun for me anymore. Um, but I understand also that, again. Like that's just the kind of reader that I am. I don't like it when stories are written in a way that doesn't allow for you to read between the lines. Maybe mm-hmm. I just subscribe too much to the Hemingway school of writing, wherein um, you yes. use as little words as possible to as few words as possible to tell as big a story as possible. Mm-hmm. But that's just my general preference as a reader. And I understand, again, that this kind of writing does appeal to so many others. But I like I like to have to work for my analysis of the book. I want mm, to yes. have to work to understand how a character feels or what they're going through in that moment and what they're reflecting upon. And I don't want these things to be written and told mm-hmm. to me. That being said, this yeah. book still has its gems because, again, like when you write 700 pages, you're bound to have a few pages in there that are like really good. <laughs> so, um, in fairness to Hanya, like there are a few gems in in this yeah. story, in this book. The characters are great, and the character yes, development, amazing. yeah. The dialogue segments are gripping. Like I, f- I got so emotional multiple times throughout the throughout reading the book. Um, I, I know Mariana didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, that's why I'm gonna say that in my yeah. final thoughts. Uh, the the plot flows somewhat consistently. I'm gonna say it flows somewhat consistently, albeit very slowly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for me, when you're yeah. writing a story, exposition should merely be complementary to the story itself. But the way that a little life is written is that mm-hmm. exposition becomes the story. Mm-hmm. Do you under like do you do you get where I'm coming from? Apparently, like all of the fluff becomes the content, and I hate that. Because the fluff should merely complement or supplement the content. And I feel like too much of the explanations and all the expositions and all the character expositions, like it diminished the the impact of the actual happenings of the book for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actual plot. Ultimately, yes. exposition should provide context, but again, they shouldn't be the star of the book. Having said that, again, this book still has its bright spots, and so that's why I'm gonna give it a three point seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not that bad of a it's not wow. that bad of a score. I mean, not bad <laughs> yeah. for you. Because again, you know this, I always reward 
good character development. Like, if you have interesting, compelling oh, yeah, characters, yeah, yeah. then I'm going to like your writing. I'm going to try to... Because towards the end, like, what, like page 300, 400, all I, all I wanted... All I kept telling myself was like, I just want to know how Jude's life is going to end up. <laughs> like, like, I just want Sorry. to know what his story arc is going to be. I don't care anymore. I'm just going to like breeze yeah. through the writing as, as much as I can. So, okay. So this, this next section of the podcast is going to get really difficult because we have to figure out who we can recommend this book to. <laughs> and this is probably, the, for me, huh, this is the least recommendable <laughs> book ever because... You never Ever, know yes. what kind of trauma a person is experiencing. Yeah, exactly. And like, this book might trigger... I'm re- genuinely scared that this book might trigger certain things mm-hmm. for from a person. But it's so it's so weird though. Because like when we asked what book they wanted us to mm-hmm. cover, a lot of people said yeah. A Little Life. So it's like they were suggesting yeah. it to us. So like people are not scared Talk about to... It also suggested yeah. to their um, friends. Yeah, and I feel like we have to be careful with that. Yeah. Also, I don't know, maybe it's just me being yeah. overly sensitive, but I felt very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, I consider myself relatively mentally healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that's just my own personal assessment. I don't know for sure. <laughs> um, but I, found, I still found myself feeling really uncomfortable reading a lot of the scenes that took place in the book. Like, uh, well, we'll get into the specifics later, but I really felt uncomfortable. And yeah. because of that discomfort, I'm I'm not comfortable recommending this book to anyone, mm-hmm. <laughs> unless like for so for me right now my answer would be like I'll recommend this to anyone who feels like they want a cool gripping story um, about friendship and stuff, but mm-hmm. with the caveat that they have they are of sound mental health. Like that's it. You should just make sure that you're you have sound mental health and you would be okay with reading this book. Adult, they have to mm-hmm. be adults for sure. Preferably, like, yeah. not even young yeah. adults. Like, not even young adults for me. Maybe, like, older than that. Well, what do you guys think? Yeah. Late 20s, yeah. maybe. Mid to late 20s. But also because the characters in this book, they start out right after college, right? Right after the college. Yeah, that's it where the out right after college. So I feel like anyone younger than that wouldn't really be able to relate to this mm-hmm. book at all because of that because the characters are much older also and the themes again are very adult very mature yeah um, I actually went into this book blindly like I didn't know what it was about I just same. I just knew same. that a lot of people were talking about yeah. it on book two on and the people were Bookstagram. crying people were crying about it I was like okay and, and then the cover is a man seemingly crying which yeah. of course there's a story behind the book yeah. like you said earlier uh, behind, yeah. behind the book cover um, but yeah as for who we can recommend this to in terms of age, I wouldn't recommend it to like someone who's a teenager even. So maybe like I agree yeah. with you, Jet, like mid twenties or Yeah. Uh, it's you have to be careful nga who you recommend this book to. Um yeah. because it's it's super traumatic. I mean yeah, yeah like we talked about earlier. But I guess we'll get into that later sa yeah, we'll Spoiler, get into that yeah. later. Yeah, so usually in this part, we go into talking about the context surrounding this book. Mm-hmm. However, in this case, a lot of the context surrounding this book might give away spoilers. Mm-hmm. So um, for yeah. now, I'm just going to cut this conversation short for everyone who hasn't read the book yet. We're going to take a break for a while and we'll be back for the second part of this conversation okay. for the spoiler full version of the review. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. 
And that concludes the spoiler-free portion of the episode. If you do plan on reading the book, please feel free to come back and join us in the conversation in the second part of this episode. We'll be right back. For the second part of the book, we will be discussing our favorite lines, scenes, and our final thoughts yeah. about it. So, um, before we do that, do you wanna talk about the context surrounding yeah, the book first? That. Okay, so um, actually, a while ago we talked about the the interesting cover of the book. There's actually this trend on social yeah. media where people post the book and then they hold it against their faces because yeah. it's a face. <laughs> the cover is a face. Yeah. I actually did that when I first got the book. I don't know. I just found it funny. <laughs> and then I researched um, the meaning behind the book. So, Nikki, uh, you, you have background. You have info about the background of the cover. So, maybe you can tell yeah, us about Yeah, I have little background on it. Like I saw earlier, yeah. the title of the photograph yeah. is called The Orgasmic Man, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that's right. And yeah. apparently, it's because like, Wait, this is an right? Like, we can talk about spoilers, spoilers now, right? yeah. So We can talk about spoilers. So, yeah. yeah, spoiler like the part. The yeah. cover of the book is this man. It's black and white. And you don't know if he's yeah. experiencing pain or pleasure. Pleasure. And yeah. when I found out that the title of the photograph was The Orgasmic Man, yeah. it was just, I didn't know how to feel because it's like, I don't know. He just yeah. looks like he's in pain. He doesn't look like he's enjoying yeah. himself. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. Looks and like he's yeah. In pain. when my boyfriend and I talk about this book, because I had been reading this book for like over a month, and then he always makes fun of the cover. He was like, "Gahan mo yung cover? Like, can you do that face?" And I'm like, "I don't know if I can because I don't know if the 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 story behind the cover is like dark, but does it have a dark meaning behind it? Like, is this yeah. his face when something?" <laughs> something dramatic was happening yeah. to him so yeah that's basically yeah. all i know about the the cover and then i found out earlier that so yeah the photo oh, is yeah. actually yeah you're you're right it's called the orgasmic man it's by a photographer called uh peter hu jean I'm, i don't know if i'm pronouncing that i'm probably not um but <laughs> it's actually a photograph of a man who is experiencing orgasm in mm-hmm. that moment and then so a lot of people like who uh, for us, it looks like he's sad or like he's in pain, right? And mm-hmm. apparently, the interpretation that uh, a, a lot of people have for the cover is that it's representative of what Jude feels whenever he's mm-hmm. having sex. So, like, for a lot of people, sex is such a beautiful, pleasurable experience. But for people like Jude, who have that kind of trauma, it's it's the way we see the cover. Like, it's very sad. It's very depressing. It's very yes. dark. And it's very painful. And that's something that happened to Jude all throughout the mm-hmm. story. As much as he tried to enjoy sex, especially when he was in the relation in a healthy relationship with, well, somewhat healthy relationship <laughs> with um, Willem, um, he could he could Willem. never bring himself to enjoy that experience because yeah. it, it 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 was just too traumatic for him. This is Hania's second novel. It took her eighteen months to write it, which it it doesn't surprise me that it took her that long, considering how much detail went into the character development and the story arcs and also the length of yes. the story itself. Like, it's not the kind of book that you can breeze through in, in terms of writing. And I applaud her, despite not giving her a rating higher than four, I applaud her for the effort that she put into this book because it's not easy. It wasn't an easy writing job at all. I know that I know that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it was said that this was Hanya's exploration into what it means to have life-altering trauma. Mental health is becoming more and more openly discussed these days, which is mm-hmm. good, um, especially in mainstream media and pop pop 
culture. It's good that books especially are exploring this issue because I feel like there's there's a certain kind of insight that books are able to provide that other forms of media are not. It allows for introspection. Like books give you the time to pause and sit with your own thoughts as you ponder on what you're reading about. Mm-hmm. Unlike like when you're watching a movie and like something happens and you just have to move on to the next scene. It's not like yeah. you can just pause after every scene and be like, oh. But books allow you to do that. And I feel like discussing the important issues like mental health in books is so important. Um, we've covered books in the past that talk about mental health, like Catcher in the Rye and um, Norwegian Wood. And I mean, it's it's really good that A Little Life was able to dominate pop culture and mainstream book media in, in that way, despite it having such heavy themes. Okay, yes. so regarding the book's accolades, it was shortlisted for the Man Booker Prize 2015. I think it's on the cover. <laughs> There's like a badge there on the cover. Um, and then it's number 96 on The Guardian's 100 Best Books of the 21st Century. So props to you, Hanyayana mm-hmm. Gihara. I'm I'm not sure if there are like any movies or TV series that are in development for the book. A, I think someone made a play adaptation, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I know that there there was a play adaptation. Yeah. That's right. I that's think right. it would yeah. work um, better as a series, if ever, definitely. rather than a movie. It's yeah, yeah. it's way that too long movie. for it to be a movie. And and the interesting about exploring it as a series is that you can dedicate a number of episodes to each character. Yeah, like the way that the character, book does. Exactly. And yeah, I think like it would make for a very compelling series. Yeah. Mariana and I were actually like um broaching the idea of casting the <laughs> characters. Um did you did yes. you have any actors in mind while you were no, when you were not reading ac- the book? Actually no? no, I haven't casted it in my mind yet. But I was I kind of can compare it to to Breaking Bad, the way how like oh, how it's I how it's it. suited suitable <laughs> as a series rather than a movie. Because if you can imagine yeah. Breaking Bad as a movie, like it won't, it won't go work. as well. Um, yeah. So in Breaking Bad, like you can see the character development of Walter yes. White from, I guess, from being good to bad. And I guess I think that can work well for A Little Life, if ever, because you can yeah. see the sort of like, it starts out like it's a ha- happy story or a seemingly happy story. At the end, it's not so happy. So Yeah, because it, it's like they're fresh out of college and like they're, yeah. just, they're, just like, hopeful. they're really hopeful. They're in New York and like... <laughs> the future is work bright, like, but yeah. no. Yeah. yeah. By the way, yeah. Breaking Bad is my favorite TV series Same. ever. So I like One that you gave best. that as an example. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. Uh, with a kind of story like this, it, it needs time mm-hmm. for the to- storytelling to really come to life. So yeah, a series would work great. Mm-hmm. I would personally love a series. Mm-hmm. However, I'm not so sure about... Well, I guess TV is already much more open these days to exploring these kinds of issues. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it would be okay. In my mind, I casted Rami Malek as June. Rami Malek. Oh, there's so many dream castings of yeah, because Rami I don't know why, June. because you know he, like, he's supposedly like really skinny. And like you don't, you're mm. not supposed to know what race yeah, he yeah, is. Yeah. Also, the postman <laughs> race he is. Yeah. yeah. So far, like, yeah. Um, he's the, he's actually the only one I have casted. Um, in my mind, if ever there is a series, yeah. like I, I would, I would definitely watch it. I guess that does it for the context surrounding the book. Or do you want to add anything, Mariana? Um, I want to add yeah. something. No. Like in terms of mental health, you mentioned it earlier, yeah. and yeah, and the book being lengthy very long yeah. and there uh-huh. are a lot of you know repeating themes i would guess and the way the uh, the author explains um what the character is feeling over and over again it's explained to you and yeah. it can get tiring emotionally to read that i agree 
Yeah. But yeah. I also think that it was necessary as a reader for me to sort of read through that and really to be able to be super sympathetic to what the character is feeling. Because I think yeah. Yeah. in terms of mental health, it is such a hard book to read, but it's also such an important book in that Definitely, sense. Because yeah. I feel like um, throughout Jude's life, um, he has always been susceptible to abuse because that's how his life started. And I think that's yeah. true for like reality. A lot of people... Um, go through yeah. that as well. Yeah. Like if you go through abuse during childhood, like when you grow up, you're more susceptible to, and you're more vulnerable to adult relationships that will, yeah. you know, that yes. is also abusive. Yeah. So yeah. in that abusive, sense, I feel yeah. like the book does a good job in terms of immersing you into like what what Jude is feeling over and over and over again, like throughout the yeah. the cutting and the sort yeah. of you know the the hyenas in his brain the emotions yeah and, i love that i love that yeah. metaphor i love that so I it's that. you know it's yeah. over and over again it can get tiring that's why I, 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 I agree with you guys it's a very um it's hard to read it and requires it's like, endurance you have to force <laughs> yourself yeah. okay 10 pages today tomorrow 10 pages or something like yeah. that but yeah, yeah i just wanted to add that yeah um, I'm glad. Maybe we can just go right into it because you started talking about it already. Um, okay. So maybe we, we can go. We can start with our favorite quotes. Okay. Mariana, do you wanna do you wanna start with that? Mm, um, wait. <laughs> I don't wanna start with a quote. Okay. Yep. Okay. I wanna ask you guys. Okay. Sure. Go ahead. Let's do that. We can throw the format out of the window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I have a couple of questions lined up for you guys before we head over to okay. our favorite yeah. quote. So Willems given the task and responsibility of his suicidal friend, mm. Dr. Andy. Who I love also. I love Andy. That's him. Yeah, I love Dr. Andy. Anyway, so like he has to call him constantly to see if he's okay. I could already also imagine Willem having to live through the anxieties that Jude might take his life yeah. anytime or having to live through the guilt if he dies yeah. in his hands. So it's not your responsibility, but as a friend, I guess... It's an unwritten rule to also watch out for him. I think this is also why I couldn't like 100% fully empathize with Jude mm-hmm. despite yeah. everything he's been through. But we're gonna get mm-hmm. through it as we go along. So my question is, so do you think Jude's selfish? Like was there ever a time you were frustrated with a character? And number two, do you think it was a good idea for Jude and Willem mm-hmm. to be a couple? Like, do you think Willem was attracted to Jude because of what was his name again? Yeah, Hemmings? The brother. Was it yeah. the nostalgic feeling? Because he Jude exuded? tells him like, that, right? Like, I'm not Hemmings. Like, I'm right. not. Yeah. You, you shouldn't have Hemmings, to compensate. Yeah. How about you, Nikki? Maybe I'll let you take the first um, crack at it. Is yeah. Jude selfish? I guess some people might think there is a. There might be yeah. some reasons as to why someone can view Jude as selfish. But I guess if I were to try to put myself into Jude's shoes, because throughout their friendship, parang he he's reluctant to open up to his friends. And that sort of yeah. yes. puts a tension between him and his friends because he doesn't really let them take care of him. So it makes things yeah. harder. It makes it harder yeah. for his friends to take care of him. For, Long story short, for, I don't think yeah. he's selfish. I think he just has a hard time believing that there are people he's who worth, love him. 
and his worth yeah. because he grew up yeah. believing yeah. that he's trash, he's nothing, he's just yeah. he's just a whore yeah. or a prostitute or whatever. That's his. Yeah. That's what he was born for. Like throughout the book, like yeah. for someone his age, yeah. I don't know, eight or nine years old, around that age, for around for you age, to yeah. be told that, and then then grow for many yeah years. for many years, and then later on grow into a family yeah. who believes that you deserve unconditional love. So I think it was a hard transition. And that's what yeah. he battled throughout his adult life, believing yeah. that, okay, I deserve love, I deserve love. But at the end, he doesn't really believe it, which is sad. So what what about you, Jot? This is something I want to compliment about the storytelling because, um, yes, at the start, we're like Jude's friends. We don't know mm-hmm. what's happened in his life. We don't yeah. know what his his background is, but we're forced to empathize with him, which makes it really difficult. Mm-hmm. So it puts us into the shoes of his friends as yeah. readers. Like, mm-hmm. how am I supposed to empathize with a character I know nothing about? Mm-hmm. Like, right. where did his limp come from? Why is he so weird? Why is he so quiet all the time? Like, how how am I go- how am I how am I supposed to relate to you if I don't know your deal? If you won't open up to me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Hanya wrote it really well. Mm -hmm. Like, that's why I say the character development is so well. Because as I read the book more and more, the more I was able to like, okay, Jude, I understand. Mm -hmm. Like, I I, I get where you're coming from. Like, I I know it must be really hard. But like, damn, I I, I can't imagine like having the kind of life that you have. So yeah, I found myself not necessarily, not necessarily understanding. I can't understand what it would be like to right. be Jude mm-hmm. like I could never but I understand why he is that way mm-hmm. does that make sense yes yeah. definitely so, yeah um, and with regards to him and Willem getting together maybe uh, Willem's such an interesting character because he also has his traumas he didn't have the best of childhoods right yeah yes um, but we don't really get to explore those traumas because Jude is the star of the story and mm-hmm. it's his story that we're unpacking and that yeah. we're exploring which is why and and we get a taste of Willem's life relatively early on like in the book so yeah. we get a good idea of who he is and so that's why it's really easy for us to get on his side well personally it was really easy for me to get on his side right away yeah. mm-hmm. and I feel like him taking on the role of being Jude's lover and Jude's, well, I know it's a, for lack of a better word, caretaker. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so naturally yeah. written. I didn't feel like it was forced because Hanya wrote the relationship to be quite special even early on in the book. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like, it's not something that's like, even yeah, as like, best it's friends. not something that's like sprung upon yeah. us as readers. It's like, what? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, it felt so natural to me. Like, mm-hmm. that, event taking place like okay that, mm. that's fine I'm, I'm okay with this I like also that like before they were going to enter that relationship like there was a chapter I think that Willem was sort of debating like am I just doing this because I have a like because of yeah. my brother or whatever yeah yeah. I, there was a part there that he was sort of weighing like why yeah. he loves yeah. Jude or should he get into that relationship or not the relationship is quite interesting though because it's purely romantic. It's very innocent, unadulterated mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. because of the lack of sex. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so it's yeah. so adorable how Jude feels. Well, it's it's not adorable, not the right <laughs> term, but uh, it's so generous of Jude mm-hmm. to force himself to go through something like as tough as sex, through just because he, like. he knows that Willem would enjoy it, mm-hmm. like. 
that speaks to the selflessness of Jude. Mm -hmm. But um, once he established that, like he he was uncomfortable with it, Willem just quit. Like Willem Mm -hmm. didn't force him anymore after that. Which is also like I was expecting. I guess I was expecting like a plot twist like mm-hmm. Willem would eventually also be abusive or whatever mm-hmm. or something like that but like but no it never happened Willem stayed really mm-hmm. pure until the end yeah but he did have relations with women right. outside of the relationship which um, Jude which was Jude okay. were, were Jude was okay <laughs> with were made that. to yeah uh, how do you guys feel about for that for me it was it's my first time reading about that sort of um, setup Same. within the relationship <laughs> arrangement. Um, and I don't know anyone who's in that setup in real life. So it was new for me to sort of read about that. But I think it was both of them just trying to be looking out for the other person because Jude doesn't want to have sex. So he wants Willem yeah. to yes. have it with someone else. And then Willem is saying like, no, I just want to have sex with you, but you're not comfortable. So I'm just not going to have sex. But at the same time, it's torture for Willem not to have sex because it's also like a human need. So I don't know. I feel like it was a special situation wherein one of the people in that relationship really just can't have sex. So maybe it happens in real life. I don't know. But I think Jude was genuinely okay with Willem having sex with with with, uh, with others because he was dreading it every time like he was like he was glad when Willem had to go away for a shoot because then he and he, he would cut himself yeah he would cut so himself so I yeah. think it was for, really yeah it was really a relief for him that he didn't have to have sex so I think in that sense the setup is okay what do you think yeah. Mariana? because because like Jude also feels like he's lacking like you know how insecure he is and that mm. he feels yeah. that He's not giving too much or something. Because so he's genuinely in love with Willem and with he wants Willem, Willem to be exactly. as happy as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like because he is allowing allowing Willem to have sex with other people, I feel like he feels relieved. Like he did his part. Like I'm a good partner right. because I allowed it. You know, like right. a little security yeah. for him also. Mm-hmm. So I guess it, yeah. it was yeah, it was fine. I actually like them as a couple. I feel like Jude yeah, really needed. Mm-hmm. Someone like Willem. Yeah. Like, it was yeah. a perfect match. And you know how Andy was, like, mentioning it na, once you go to Jude, like, you can't ever, you know, like, get out. Like, you have Undo to be, it, like, yeah. 100%. Like, he had to brief him. Like, are you ready for this? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so maybe we can go to quotes. I, I, I'll bring up yeah. one. <laughs> okay. Because um, I know Mariana hates this portion, but I love it. Um, I love it. Okay. So I'll, I'll just say it. <laughs> No, no, this part. I no, I mean th- this particular quote that I'm going to mention. Okay, go So, um, well, he said, in law, we talk about a beautiful summation or a beautiful <laughs> judgment. And what we mean by that, of course, is the loveliness of not only its logic, but its expression. And similarly in math, when we talk about a beautiful proof, we are recognizing it's the simplicity of the proof, its elementalness, I suppose, its inevitability. It's like... Okay, that's fluff writing, but that's fluff writing done well. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Like, I really like it. Um, it. It really appealed to me. And that's why I wrote it down here. I wanted to ask you, Mariana, how you felt about the whole math lecture <laughs> because I really liked it. No, <laughs> no I wanted out. Like <laughs> how about you, Nikki? Well, I personally like the, the... I think it was a dinner where Jude was having uh-huh. dinner with... Harold and Julia, yeah. Julia, right? Julia's friends, and yeah, yeah, he was yeah, yeah. talking yeah. about. I think that was the first time that we hear Jude talking about math, and I think, yeah, uh, yeah math, right? 
no law yeah. something about math or law something like that and i yeah. think I, the reason and he i liked was trying it, to impress I, the reason i liked it was because it was harold sort of telling his friends like see i told you jude was yeah. like a, a yeah, brilliant yeah, person i, yeah. I think that's yeah. the reason i liked yeah, yeah. it um but yeah. i'm sort of neutral about the whole i think it's what's what's, ch- what's that chapter called Ax- axiom of something polymer yeah, something zero like equals something <laughs> but, yeah. yeah so the chapters in this book are really weird because some of them are like 20 pages long and then there are some chapters that are like 100 pages long. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But my personal favorite chapters were the ones written from Harold's perspective. Mm. Yes, definitely interesting if, also. Yeah, yeah, because it, it changed the voice of the book. It changed the tone mm-hmm. of the book a lot. And there's, there's something so romantic about the way that Harold writes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're made to believe like he's writing to Willem, right? Like yeah. essentially, but in this at this point, Willem's already dead, but we don't know that. Mm-hmm. Essentially, a lot of my favorite quotes, like from from the from the book, come from Harold's writing. For example, there's this segment where he tries to explain Jude, where he he's talking, he's opening him up about the death of his child. Right. Oh my god, that's my quote. That's my quote. Oh, awesome. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'll let you have it. I'll let you have it. Go. So this is quote number two. So this is the part where Harold talks about his son, the entire journey of how he lost him. And this line is when he talks about his grief post-death of his son. And it goes like, But here is what no one says. When it's your child, a part of you, a very tiny but nonetheless unignorable part of you, also feels relief. Because finally, the moment you have been expecting, been dreading, been preparing yourself for since... The day you become a parent has come. Ah, you tell yourself, it's arrived. Here it is. And after that, you have nothing to fear again. Like that was... Mm, is that your quote? Was that your quote or no? Yeah, that was, that was my quote. <laughs> yeah. And it's... He wrote that about his original child. His yes. The name of his child escapes Jacob, me. Jacob, I um, feel. I, Jacob, mm. yeah. Um, I, I think. I'm not sure. But it's so sad how he has to go yeah. through the same process again with Jude. With Jude. And like, yeah. so and when, w- w- the, the, when you read this quote for the first time, it's Jude's still alive. So you don't yeah. know. You don't mm-hmm. know that. Uh, you, so you assume that Harold's oh, just Harold. talking about Jacob. But when, when, J- when Jude dies, when Jude actually dies, this quote takes, off on, takes on another life. Level. Because yes, you realize exactly. that like, he goes through it again. Yeah. Like, we're, we understand Harold's fear. You know, the narrator does a good job of explaining, like, Harold's always trying to protect Jude and, like, yes. mm-hmm. as much as possible. And so we understand where Harold's fears are coming from. And, voila, he, he goes through it again. And it's so sad. Yeah, I just, I just remembered that part. I think it's also one of Harold's chapters where he said that he has a deeper connection with his earlier partner because they lost a child together. Yes, and yes, And he yes. feels like wherever... That his ex-wife is in the world, he will feel like a tug. He feels like there's a string that's connecting both of them and there's like a tug every yeah. time like to remind them of what happened, what they lost. And yeah. he feels that he has a more profound connection with his ex-partner. But then later you yeah. realize that he has that same experience with Julia. Yeah. So with Jude. Um, yeah. Losing Jude. So yeah, it's super sad. <laughs> Brilliant Julia. character development. <laughs> oh, um, super sad. Question, random question. At the start of the book, did you know that Jude was going to die? Yeah. Either I mean, way. I had the clue. Yeah. I assumed 
Yeah, it felt like it was going that way, you know? It, yeah. it felt like it was going that way. Mm-hmm. But like there was still a part of me that was like, maybe, maybe he'll make mm-hmm. it. Like maybe he'll push like through while yeah. reading it. Like but when William <laughs> died, I was like, Oh nope, that yeah. this isn't gonna turn out well for June. Yeah. Yeah. I cried when William um, died. <laughs> I have another quote, Miss uh, well, not the man cried, but uh, I I got I got emotional because mm-hmm. I felt bad for William, but we'll talk about that later yeah. on. Also, that's one of the memorable I, moments. That's my in the favorite book. Um, moment actually when he died. <laughs> Such a dark. <laughs> no, because like, I, I love this. But we're gonna talk about that. Yeah, we'll get we get into it. We'll get into it. To yeah. the favorite scene because I felt like yeah. that was such a beautiful way to explain his death. Yeah. So anyway, going yeah. back to the. I have I have a right. quote right. from right. Harold's still from Harold's chapter. So it's it's an interesting insight into how he thinks Jude's what Jude's philosophy on life is. And so he says uh, mm-hmm. he never mentioned whether something was fair, however. Fairness itself seemed to hold little interest for him, which I found fascinating. Uh, as people, especially young people, are very interested in what's fair. Fairness is a concept taught to nice children. It is the governing principle of kindergartens and summer camps yes. and playgrounds and soccer fields. Jacob, back when he was able to go to school and learn things and think and speak, knew what fairness was and that it was important, something to be valued. Fairness is for happy people, for people who have been lucky enough to have lived a life defined by more by certainties than by ambiguities. Again, Harold's segments are so well written. Yeah. Yes. And that was such an interesting insight into Jude's um, personality, especially considering the fact that he pursued law, ended up pursuing law as a profession. And yeah. fair the concept of fairness and justice is essentially the foundation of the the vocation of law. Yeah. So um the fact that like this is how Jude sees fairness and how uh, well, his lack of understanding of fairness because of his mm-hmm. um, childhood is, yeah. is I, guess, I guess, is partly what makes him such a good lawyer, <laughs> strangely yeah, enough. I think, yeah, so, I think so yeah. also. Yeah. That was, that was also brilliant. my favorite quote, like my fourth and fifth. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Nikki? You want to bring something up? Yeah. yeah I, in terms of like the careers, like, like Jude being a lawyer and stuff like that yeah. and Malcolm being an architect, Jude being an artist and Willem being an actor. This is unrelated to the quotes, but I really like yeah. that we were we were able to witness their individual careers and how yes. how specific it was. And to the struggles each of the, that came yeah, along with it. To each of the characters. Yeah. I like that uh the author put some effort into showing a peek into each of the careers because all four are different. Yeah. So that's a random yeah. thought. But it's I, I think it's it was a it was a nice touch that like for yeah. example, for Malcolm being an architect, like I remember when they were still in Lispenard, Lispenard, that's the name of yeah. this, yeah, Lispenard Street. Street, and he made like a bookshelf or something, and it sort of edged out a bit beyond the wall, so it was easy to trip on it. But Willem and Jude were like, "No, it's okay, like leave it be." But Malcolm, being really loving Jude, like he yes. wanted to do it all over again because, like, even if Jude is like okay about it, about it like no you don't you don't need to repair it or whatever like he overheard Malcolm and Willem talking about it like what if Jude derps on it because of his limp and stuff yeah. like that and he spent yeah. the whole day repairing the bookshelf yeah. and throughout yeah. their friendship like he really made the effort to uh, make Jude's homes um friendly yeah. to someone uh who is in a w- wheelchair like 
the bathrooms, yeah. the doors, yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. So this is a random thought that um, how the careers were incorporated. But in terms of yeah, um, my favorite quote, um, I like this one about like Jude talking to Felix. Uh, uh, the, the friendship quote. Yeah, the friendship quote. Like yeah, okay, the, yeah, that's the also one of mine. Was, Go ahead. Uh, he was tutoring. Yeah. I think yeah. this is in chapter three. Jude says. You won't understand what I mean now, but someday you will. The only trick of friendship, I think, is to find people who are better than you are. Not smarter, not cooler, but kinder and more generous and more forgiving. And then to appreciate Mm -hmm. them for what they can teach you. And to try to listen to them when they tell you something about yourself, no matter how bad or good it might be. And to trust them, which is the hardest thing of all, but the best as well. And Uh, yeah, I really love that because... Yeah. I love it. In life, I feel like as you get older, you realize that there are really few people who yeah. who matter. And yes. I really liked it because it's it's honestly it's depressing when you look back at it knowing that um Jude killed himself in the end. It's depressing because until the end he still struggled to believe that people loved him and he was good yeah. enough. But, and he deserved yeah. that love. Yeah, and he deserved unconditional love and Despite the quote being depressing, though, it also gave me a bit of hope for Jude at the time because amidst all the pain he's been yes, through same. in his childhood and the pain he went throughout his adulthood, despite everything, he was able to find his people and yeah. people who made him yeah. happy and loved when he was alive. Yeah. So, yeah, I love yeah. that quote. I, I also wrote this quote down, actually, because it resonated so much with me. Mm-hmm. Um, Mariana and I actually are only children. Oh. So I don't have siblings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So um the reason why it resonated so much with me is because I don't so I don't have siblings. So I rely a lot on my friends mm-hmm. for like, you know, when I need people to learn from or to talk that's, to yeah. or to, you know, mm-hmm. to empathize with and stuff like that. And I this that's why this quote resonated so much with me because yeah, that's it. You have to find people who are better than you. They they don't have to be smarter, they don't have yeah. to be cooler, mm-hmm. but they have to be people who are who are there for you, who are yes. like who are bet who are just better overall people, yeah, people who you can yeah, emulate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I love that. I just love that quote. Like I really had to write it down. Mm-hmm. I have another quote. So okay. even after getting unconditional love around him, the string of good things that has been happening to him lately, he still can't let go of what once was a trauma he can never escape. And also a trauma he never dared to get help from. So it was ironic to think Jude could protect himself through the walls he built. But he ended up not being able to do so and still got abused by his boyfriend. Mm -hmm. So here's the quote. No matter what gets damaged, life rearranges itself to compensate for your loss, sometimes wonderfully. So I love how this quote's so hopeful and it somehow sums up the main character's life. Because regardless of all the bad things that happened to him, he still managed to make it through. He had a blossoming career, his love life was falling into place, and a lot of beautiful things happened to him later in his life. So it was like, kind of like an outline, a short, super short outline that some, like, it gets better. Yeah, yeah. But not really, because it got worse. <laughs> but like, it, it gets better. No, no. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna double down on that because there's another quote that I want to share, which gives like a glimmer of hope. And I think we can close out this segment mm-hmm. unless Nikki has another quote. Um, it's. I have a question quote for you guys, for both of you. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Um, so you saw, you saw, you saw, yeah. Okay, 
So it's a, it's a really long segment, so just bear with me, but it's really well written. On he plays, his, recrimin- his recriminations beating a rhythm in his head, but then he also thinks if he had never met Willem, if he had never met Harold, if he had never met Julia or Andy or Malcolm or JB or Richard or Lucien or so many other people, Rhodes and Citizen and Piedra and Elijah, the Henry Young, Sanjay, all the most terrifying ifs involve people. All the good ones do as well. Finally, he is able to calm himself and he wheels himself out of the bathroom. He could leave, he knows. The elevator is there. He could send Mr. Ahmed back for his coat, but he doesn't. Instead, he goes the other direction and returns to the office where Dr. Lehman is still sitting in his chair waiting for him. Jude, says Dr. Lehman, you've come back. He takes a breath. Yes, he says. I've decided to stay. Mm. So that's like really powerful writing because I legit believe for a moment Jude's decided to stay on Earth. Like he's gonna <laughs> live. <laughs> like, but I'm like yeah. that, that's that was my takeaway from that yeah. moment. Like, oh, that's so it really stuck out to me. But like, uh, it, it ended up not lasting. He still ended up taking his life. But like, for all of the faults that this book has, like this particular, there are there are segments like this which like mm-hmm. save the book for me, which make it still readable mm-hmm. at the end of the day. So yeah, um, Nikki, do you have um, Nikki and Mariana? Do you have anything else? I don't have anything anymore. Yeah, I, for the I think that quote that you mentioned was towards the end of the book, right? Towards the end, and it yeah, reminded me end. of the very end of the book, which is yeah. the just the last three lines. No, actually, the last uh-huh. five lines. Um, I think this is Harold's chapter, the last yeah. page. He, he closes the book. Right. And he says, yeah. You jumped off the roof, I repeated. Why on earth would you have done such a thing? It's a good story, he said. He even grinned at me. I, I'll tell you. Please, I said. And then he did. And I just, I was just crying by the end of the book. <laughs> because it's like, it was such a, it was such a stretch of time from like when that story happened when they were um stuck uh by the fire uh fire exit and it just sort of yeah. makes you think of all the things that happened between those years towards that moment where um Harold yeah. and Jude were standing in front of Lispinard's the Lispinard Street house and stuff but it yeah. was just oh, it was you, you kind of flash back everything that happened between yeah. like the first chapter and the last page so it was yeah. a nice way to close the book in my yeah, opinion yeah i agree it was a very good nice way i also got emotional reading that but i mm-hmm. think it was more of like i'm finally done or yeah no how about you mariana you, you said you had something to bring up oh yeah so so it's nice to get the viewpoint of a podcaster who speaks about love mostly and the perspective of the newly engaged jet. So, do you agree with page (laughs) 643? It goes like, they provide you with some things. I I think, okay, so, Mm. backstory. I think this was about the play. Like, they were talking about the play. Mm -hmm. And then this was a conversation in the play. And it said... That Willem was in. Yeah. Not sure if Willem was there. But anyway... They provide you with some things. You take all the things you want from a person. Sexual chemistry, let's say, or good conversation, or financial support, or intellectual compatibility, or niceness, or loyalty. And you get to pick three of those things. Three. That's it. Maybe four if you're lucky. The rest of you have to look for (laughs) elsewhere. It's only in the movies that you find someone who gives you all of those things. But this isn't the movies. In the real world, you have to identify which three qualities you want to spend the rest of your life with. And look for those qualities in another person. So do you agree with that? Like, then you meet this someone actually, three things. 
It's a super interesting page for me. I I also listed that down. I'm scared of how to answer because my fiance listens to this podcast. So I'll let Nikki answer first and I'll think thoroughly about what I'm going to say next. Yeah, I love that you brought that up, Mariana, because I that also stuck out to me because it was such an interesting concept in terms yeah. of dating and relationships. Like you can't have everything. Yeah. And I'm actually in a somewhat new relationship like yes we had only been together since april um and okay. i don't know and i think growing older well i'm not that i'm 25 but like through the years and you know throughout the relationships and the people that you meet um yes. be it romantic or not like you sort of you can't have everything in every friendship or relationship like I have two best friends and we're like a trio. And it's like, I can talk about certain things with one person that I can't necessarily talk about the same way with the other person. You know what I mean? Yes. Like you can't have mm-hmm. everything from one person. And mm. in terms of relationships, I somewhat agree. Um, I don't know if you can only choose three from the from the um, the things listed down on page 643. But I somewhat agree because I don't know. I feel like from a re- realistic point of view, you can't have everything na yes. perfect na, perfect soulmate na match na match mo na sexual chemistry, friendship, great conversation. Um, maybe in the movies, yes. <laughs> but maybe in real life, like, you can't have everything but at the end of the day, you can have someone who's just right. Not necessarily yeah. perfect and everything and whatever. Yeah. But someone who's just right and what you need, I think. Yeah. Someone you need, I'm yeah. gonna copy Nikki's answer. <laughs> ah, please. <laughs> and save myself. No, no. No, okay, fine. No, I, I thought of my answer. Mm. Um, so, yeah, um, I have to agree. Mm. that And, like, you can't expect your romantic partner to be everything. Yes. Because even if they could, like, e- let's say best case scenario, they could be your everything. That's way too much pressure to put on someone. Yeah. Yes. Especially on someone you love. Like, you shouldn't have to put that kind of pressure on someone you love. Amen. And I feel like that's the kind of thinking that Jude had also with mm-hmm. his relationship with Willem. Like, I feel like he felt like he was putting too much pressure on Willem Mm-mm. to be everything for him because yes. he he felt so helpless as a person, as an individual. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, it, it worked for them. Mm-hmm. It is a fictional story. It worked for them. I don't know how, how that would work in real life. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean... I, I would sound like such a horrible person, but like if I would be in in Willem's shoes, and like if it would be really hard to stay in a relationship with someone like Jude, yeah, mm-hmm. like that would be really hard. It's not for everyone. It would be, yeah. You know, Jude is like the worst, like worst. Ki- no, I I don't want to belittle those. I'm not to say like those people are less like worth being with, but like. Um, it's much more difficult to have a relationship with someone when you don't have things figured out on your own, right. like individually. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, I don't think you should be putting that kind of pressure on someone else because they're also putting pressure on themselves yes. to be a certain way. And a relationship can't work if you you can't complement one another where the other fails. Like essentially, like um, mm-hmm. you have to have each other's backs, your shortcomings, and your weaknesses. Like I think that's the very essence of being in a relationship. Like you're you're stronger because you are together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like right, right, right. Nice. You're better as individuals because mm-hmm. you are together. So yeah. Yeah. That's my safe <laughs> universe beauty pageant answer that I'm sure my fiance will be happy with. 
Yeah, just just to add to what Jet said, like from Jude's perspective in this topic, like I think he was more of worried that not worried, like I guess he was aware that he isn't able to give everything to Willem, yeah. especially the the sexual aspect. The sexual, yeah. And I think it was more of I wouldn't say I thought that he was expecting everything from Willem because he didn't even want the sexual aspect. I guess he was sort of just anxious or worried that he's not able to give that to Willem. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that maybe Willem yeah. could have pressure. a better... Yeah, pressure. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that was just an, an added thought, but... Yeah. Which even though Wilhelm Wilhelm wasn't necessarily putting that pressure on him, no, it was self-imposed. Mm-hmm. Like the pressure that Judas putting on himself, right. and it's sad because that was that was what he thought was expected of him. Right. But yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah. that's it for me and my quotes, Mariana. Do you have any others? No. Maybe we can move on now to no. favorite scenes. Yeah. Or yeah. Or yeah. So me- memorable moments, moments can yes, mean or- that. So either favorite scenes, scenes or, or scenes that like pissed you off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that sticks out the mind essentially. So mm-hmm. So I have Yeah. Two. Uh, who wants to start? Mine mine's yeah, very like super short lang. Too. So mm-hmm. the first scene was when Andy found out that Harold was adopting Jude and was crying like a seal. He gave um Jude a letter, the note. That was a very mm-hmm. beautiful scene for me like how happy Andy was for Jude. Like, that was really one of my favorite scenes. And then the second mm. one, it might sound morbid, but my favorite would have to be when Willem died. I really love the scene because it was associated with Hemmings and how he was coming back to him. Like, that was mm. how that chapter ended. And I felt like it was also really nice that he went back to Hemmings. That was nice. Yeah, I I, I yeah, forgot it, that he had, he had visions of Hemmings. Yeah, and then I forgot like about that, that vision detail. was... Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Those were my favorite scenes. What's yours? <laughs> how about you? How about you, Nikki? Yeah, yeah, when when Willem died, what made it sad for me was thinking about Jude at home waiting for Willem and Malcolm. I'm <gasps> That's so, so interesting. I'm like imagining so what was Jude doing? Like he's probably just oh, waiting for my yeah. friends. We're gonna have a nice weekend together, whatever. And then yeah. police came to his door yeah. and stuff. But. Yeah, that was a really it was beautifully written that um Willem's death. But my personal my personal favorite moment was when I think there was this was after Willem's death. Jude visited JB after some time of healing or processing. Yeah, he yeah. visited JB's gallery, I think. Yes. And oh man, just thinking about it. Like he saw the painting called Willem listening to Jude tell a story. That painting. Yeah. That, oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That painting that JB did, like it's just it's interesting reading about a painting that you can't yeah. see, but you can see in your brain, but you can see it visually, physically. Yeah. And you you somehow empathize with the emotions that the painting is evoking as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was oh my god that scene really broke me. I really cried reading that scene because I can imagine the painting in my head like I can visualize yeah. it like Willem yeah. listening to Jude tell a story and uh, I, I, there was a scene that happened after that that I didn't like but we'll talk about that later like um, okay. but aside from that um, I also really love the scene where Harold found the CD after 
Jude's death. Ah, oh, that was okay. really sad when yeah. he f- they were like sort of cleaning up the house and Harold found the CD that was sort of propped between bo- books in the bookshelf and it was a CD of Jude singing. <sighs> Super oh. sad, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, how about you? My favorite scene of course, involves Harold, mm-hmm. as usual. <laughs> I I didn't cry all throughout this book, but this scene almost broke me. Mm-hmm. So you cried. It was when, almost, <laughs> almost. I felt it coming. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but I was in a rush to finish the story, so I had to like, no, no emotions for now. I'm just, <laughs> just going to continue reading. So um, it was the scene when Jude is acting out and he smashes a plate mm. that, that Julia, the sandwich that Julia made for him. Right. And then there was like, I think it was like a grilled cheese sandwich and like he throws it to the wall or something like that. Mm. And then in that moment, because throughout the book, Jude tests the people he loves, whether he realizes it or not, Mm -mm. he realizes it or not, because he's somehow so convinced that everyone who loves him in that moment, like that love is temporary because they don't know who he really is. Mm -mm. Like once they find out who he is, they'll be like, ew, Mm -mm. like I don't, you're that person. Like he's convinced that that's what's going to happen. So he's he's conditioning himself for abandonment. He's readying himself, yeah. Whether he realizes it or not, he he pushes people that who love him, like Andy. He pushes Andy a lot. He pushes Willem a lot. Definitely, yeah. And especially Harold. And in this moment, I genuinely thought that this was the moment Harold was going to break and be like, okay, Jude, I'm done with you. We're done. Mm-hmm. Ganyan, ganyan. But Jude, Harold says to him quietly, my poor Jude, my oh poor my sweetheart. God. And with Ooh. that, he starts to cry for no one has ever called him sweetheart. Not since Brother Luke. Sometimes Willem would try, sweetheart. Willem would try to call him honey. And he would make him stop. The endearment was filthy to him. A word of debasement and depravity. And then, I don't know. Like Again, it was just a total subversion of my expectations. Because I really thought that Harold was going to break in that moment. And just be like, I'm done with you, Jude. And then he takes the... Well, he's, he's still the amazing Harold that we yeah. love. Yes. And like, like uh, my dear sweet... And he hugs him. Yeah. And he makes him feel... <sighs> like, uh, yeah. That, that, was a that scene really moment. stuck out to yeah. me. That was such that was such strong writing <laughs> anything else like i don't know i'm so biased towards harold i think he might be my favorite character yeah harold and <laughs> andy is also harold yeah. and willem for me i was so sad when andy died when when <laughs> harold wrote when harold oh, yeah. wrote about andy dying like three years after jude right like of a heart attack or something like that i was like Man. oh andy uh. so i also like the moment where like andy was preparing jude for his retirement yeah because andy was gonna retire from being a doctor and so he wanted he still wanted to make jude feel safe like Mm -mm. um we're going to find a doctor that you're comfortable with because imagine that like this that guy's sicknesses aren't even your field yeah exactly you have to take care of him because like he's your friend and mm-hmm. he does so religiously up until his retirement. Like Andy is kind of an unrealistic character for me in that sense, but like I, 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 I still really like the way that that character is written. Like he's such a bad cop, the Jude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like he says a lot of the things that Willem is afraid to say. Mm-mm. Yeah. So I really, I really enjoyed Andy's character. Yeah, that part where Andy was preparing Jude for his retirement, it made me think that oh my gosh, everyone's getting old by this part of the yeah. book. Like everyone is yeah. about their like. Andy's about to retire and it's like oh my gosh yeah. we're nearing the end of life that's what it felt like I, because I, I, yeah yeah that's true I'm surprised Harold lived until the end of the book yeah. like he's the oldest he's the one who lived 
And I'm sort of visualizing Harold and Julia alone in a house and ugh, it's just sad. And they're old people na. It's just a sad thing yeah. to think about. So this isn't a particular moment, no. But like, um, Jude is a smart guy. Mm-hmm. Like he wouldn't be a successful lawyer if he weren't so smart, mm-hmm. essentially. So we know that he's smart. However, a lot of his mental anguish is so irrational, and I feel like this this is so common with a lot of people who are like quote unquote geniuses. How they're so mentally anguished and tormented, mm-hmm. and like. They, they struggle to find happiness in life. And I feel like Hanya wanted to point that out also, that like you can be really successful at what you're doing and still struggle with some stuff behind the scenes that not many people will know about. Because mm-hmm. like from the perspective of the people in the firm, mm-hmm. like Jude is this like really scary yeah. guy. Like they're really Powerful intimidated lawyer, by him. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And then like, but to us, the readers were like, what? He's a wimp. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. he'll break down if you push him. <laughs> like, I like that she made that distinction Like throughout the book. Like, Jude was able to portray himself a certain way in the courtroom. Yeah. But outside of it, it, it's so different from that. And it's such a good way to say that that's how life really is. Like, we can see people living a certain kind of lifestyle, mm-hmm. but we don't really know. Mm-hmm. We never really know what's happening behind the scenes. And... I don't know. It it was very subtle the way that she pointed that out. And I really appreciated that as a reader. Yeah, it sort of gives you a look into like the different sides of Jude. And I like how Hanya Yanagihara was able to give Jude's place of work as a sort of sanctuary for him. Or somewhere yes. he can feel sort of safe. Or yeah. somewhere where the environment is more or less controllable. Or somewhere where he knows he does a good job. And like you said, it's it contrasts it contrasts to the other aspects of his life where yeah. he's the ones that we know weak. more yeah. about. Yeah, I have a question that I want to pose. But are there certain parts of the book that, while reading it, made you feel genuinely uncomfortable? Ew, cringe. Not like that, but more like legit uncomfortable. Like reading this makes me uncomfortable. Mm, the first scene that came to mind was the part where. JB was mocking Jude the way Jude oh, was walking. Yeah. I think that caused their that caused a huge fight. The falling out of um JB and Jude. That was uncomfortable for me to read because I'm yeah. I, I was sort of imagining like what if I was in I were in Jude's shoes yeah. and a friend of mine sort of made fun of well, yeah, yeah. that was one of the uncomfortable moments. Um, JB was yeah. also recovering from alcohol uh, or drugs, drugs at the time. Drugs. Yeah, addiction, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found yeah. him the most so annoying he, he character. Also had, I think he's made out to be the, the most, most annoying, annoying character. Yeah. Like, it was like, you're supposed to find him annoying. Meant to be that. Yeah. Yeah, but but that's the thing also because he had his own demons as well mm-hmm. because he struggled with drugs. Yeah. And we don't, since he's not the star of the book, we don't know his full story. Like, we mm-hmm. don't know where that's coming from also. So, like, again, yeah, it's so easy to find him so annoying. But I feel like if we didn't know where Jude was coming from, like, at the start of the book, like, it's so easy to find Jude annoying also. Yeah. Really? Right? So, like, yeah, like, you want to be my friend, but you won't tell me anything yeah. about you. Like, I found that really annoying. Like, like if I, we didn't know what was happening in Jude's head. Yeah, right. I the, guess, right? Yeah. So, like, it's only after a while where, like, once I figured out the narrative, I was like, okay, I can empathize. So, like, it's interesting how Hanya played that out. That, like, JB was this really annoying person. But it was but, before the drugs, pa, huh? Like, when he would talk well, to yeah, friends. He was, like, when he would force his friends to do stuff. Like, that, ba? Yeah. yeah, so at that time, like, 
it was really annoying. Once it was revealed that like he was struggling with drugs, so it forced me to rethink like maybe he was going through some stuff early on that like we just never explored because he's not the star of the story. So like we we don't really know. It's an interesting mm-hmm. character. Also, it's so interesting how like there's this jealousy within the group. Like, yeah. uh, oh, mm-hmm. you like you love him more than me. Yeah. You know, something like that. <laughs> I personally never experienced that in my group of friends, but it's very interesting. Really? <laughs> I found never that interesting to read. Yeah. I think JB's just it's just his personality. Like he wants to be like. He's also really insecure, no? Yeah, love JB. Like. Favorite, yeah. Parang ganun, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you yeah. know, uh, it was also <laughs> written that like um, I agree. I, I, I forgot it, whose perspective was writing this. I think it was just the narrator that like out of the four of them, JB was the most assured. He was the most sure that he would be successful out mm-hmm. of the four of them, right? Mm-hmm. So like, and so it really ended up hurting him that like he was the last one to be successful mm-hmm. out of all of them. I mean, JB is a very Interesting character. Yes, I agree. Again, like the characters in this book are so well written. Right. Um, what else, Mariana? Anything else that made you uncomfortable? Not really. Okay. I, the reason the reason I ask that is because whenever Jude started talking about sex, yeah, I felt that's so a, uncomfortable. Yeah, that's a given. Yeah. No, the reason why I wanted to ask that is because I'm I'm a straight guy now, mm-hmm. so obviously. Um, but so I'm not sure if I was so repulsed by the idea of I'm not a homophobe, huh? like. Listeners, I'm not a homophobe. <laughs> I love the LG- LGBT community. <laughs> Don't cancel me. Uh, I'm all for pride. But being a heterosexual guy, homosexual sex isn't doesn't appeal to me mm-hmm. because I am a heterosexual guy. Mm-hmm. So whenever I read about homosexual sex, it makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And while reading those scenes in the book, so I, I wanted to wa- I wanted to ask you how you felt because. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, was I uncomfortable because I'm heterosexual or was I uncomfortable because... It was rape. Of Jude's... Yeah, because of Jude's situation. Like, I was confused by how I was feeling. So that's why I wanted to ask you guys about that. Yeah, like, I personally am also straight, but I wasn't uncomfortable reading those scenes because of the fact that they were homosexual. I was uncomfortable because it was abusive and because it was forced. Yeah, Um, yeah. If I were to read... an LGBT sex scene that is merong consent and it's loving, I don't think I'd be as, like, uncomfortable or, like, yeah. off, like, turned off by it. I think the rape scenes in this book were really uncomfortable to read because of the fact yeah. that, you know, he was young and, yeah. yeah. Sorry, but I'm just to interject. Yeah. It's not just those scenes that made me uncomfortable. It was also when Jude started having sex with Willem, which is not a rape scene. Mm. It's it's two consensual adults having sex. Mm. But reading that still made me feel uncomfortable. And I think it's because I know that it's so uncomfortable for, for Jude. Jude. Yeah. Gets, yeah. Yes, and yes. that's what made me uncomfortable as well. Because of the it. thoughts that know. would like yeah. enter his mind while Willem was doing it. Yeah. It was like trauma all the time. Yeah. Repeated and yeah. repeated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think it was meant to be that way by the author. Like, because sex within this book isn't supposed to be a pleasurable thing yeah. to read about. Yeah. It was supposed like, to be, like, like, traumatizing. Because that's where... Like the cover yeah. of the book. <laughs> so, overall, I think I agree. It, it's just generally yeah. not a fun thing to read about, like, the sex scenes. Because I think uh-huh. it was meant to be that way. Yeah. I was, I'm going to ask you something, you guys, something later on about, like, what we didn't like but I guess that's for later on pa 
Okay, uh, maybe I can that. close this yeah. part up so we can talk about stuff that we didn't like. Um, I want to ask a question. So me and Mariana, we particularly look for part. I don't know if you're the same way, Nikki, but we look for parts in the book that mention the title of the book. Mm. So okay. do you know when A Little Life is written for the first time? I actually don't remember. How about you, Mariana? Do you remember? Because no. I remember. Which part was it? So the the first time that A Little Life is written is when Brother Luke tells Jude that you're you're being too dead in bed when you're with the clients. Oh Show A Little gosh. Life. Oh. Yeah. I didn't realize I know, right? that. <laughs> That's really? so dark. <laughs> I, this is a podcast, so listeners, you can't see their faces right now. They have this like mind blown face I on never, their faces. I never right now. realized that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's where the title comes from. I like shaking thinking about that. <laughs> it's so it, disturbing, it is, right? I didn't even, yeah. it didn't that's even where the title cross comes me. From. It didn't even cross me. <laughs> yeah, when I was yeah. reading it, I wasn't like, oh, look, there's a title. <laughs> it was just more of I don't know. I guess yeah. that's just the. the writer literary nerd in me yeah. i really look for how the title's injected no but you know me i always yeah. i always mention that yes, when we do yes, book reviews yes. i always mention I always how looking. the title is mentioned in book <laughs> and i was really looking for A how life, that title yeah. would be integrated into oh this book and it's when brother luke tells jude to show uh, a little life uh, when you're with clients and it just i mean like when you when you when you hear that the, the title a little life you're thinking oh so it's a story about life yeah, essentially right? life. that's yeah. it yes. it's, it's it but it takes on a very yeah, dark turn when it's mentioned in the book so oh yeah God, i'm gonna be like, thinking about that for the next yeah. few days to come <laughs> yeah it's just an interesting moment yeah. that i wanted to yeah, yeah, point yeah. out and highlight so yeah okay maybe we can go <sighs> to our nitpicks the stuff that we didn't like so okay. who wants to start I, I can start if you guys want like okay go ahead um i was i was i mentioned it earlier like my favorite part was that scene where the painting was introduced while i'm listening to jude tell a story yeah um i didn't like the part or maybe i'm just i was just confused by it why it happened when Jude when JB kissed Jude, right? Yeah. I think Jude was sort of crying after having seen the painting and then JB kissed Jude on the lips and Jude was just like, what the heck is happening? Yeah, JB's so problematic. I don't know why that happened. What do you guys think? Do you think that had to happen? Like, what does that mean? Does, does it mean that JB You know what, Nikki? I completely like, forgot yeah. about what happened. I forgot that that happened. Yeah. I think my mind intentionally tried to block it out. I was more of confused. Of, he's he's yeah. so embarrassing. No, like, you get second-hand embarrassment from he's his such a cringe. He's such like a second-hand embarrassment kind of character, right? Like, he's that kind like, of guy. From the mocking, everything. What's happening? Yeah. Like, why? What? Why is JB kissing yeah. Jude all of a sudden? Like, no, but I think we're made to believe that JB is gay. So, like, yeah, he we're likes... made to believe that, like, maybe he had feelings. But for I Jude, always thought right? he had feelings for Jude because when he would paint Jude, he'd be so like happy mm. and meticulous and yeah. all that. So I was thinking yeah. that he already loved Jude from the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think I was under the impression that initially I thought he was jealous of the attention that Jude gets from other people but by the uh, end where you know, he kissed Jude I was like hmm, maybe I was wrong all this time maybe he likes yeah. Jude but yeah, yeah that's just one thing I didn't like or I was just confused by but another thing if I can mention my second thing that I didn't like or not really didn't like I was just I, I just had to think about this ponder on it like because I, I watched 
some booktube reviews and read reviews on this book. Mm-hmm. And people thought that it was a bit of torture porn where it feels like mm. it's too much of the assault, it's too much of the rape, like yeah. you don't really have to read about it in detail. So yeah. what do you guys think? Do you think that um do you think it's torture porn? Do you think that it's sort of manipulative the way Hanya Yanagihara sort of makes you fall in love with Jude only to later on have you like emotionally wrecked finding out that he is assaulted and everything else. Like what do you guys think? Do you think it was necessary to sort of be graphic? Yeah. Like yeah. I think for the purposes of telling the story, yeah. for the purposes of making someone feel uncomfortable, it had to be that graphic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because it is an uncomfortable topic to talk around. Yes. And if we skirt around the issue by ignoring uh, the graphic details, it doesn't tell the whole story. Yeah. Right, makes so sense. So I feel like it was okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's my take. What how about you, Mariana? Same, same. Like yeah. my my yeah. views mm. of Jude didn't change even mm-hmm. after everything that he's been telling us. Mm-hmm. But yeah. what made me sad and kind of frustrated was when he would constantly cut himself himself. Mm. Yeah. So that was oh, that's, frustrating that's, for yeah. me, but not like yeah. his trauma. Like I loved him regardless yeah. of the trauma, but it was the cutting that I couldn't yeah. take. Maybe because we get to see. Willem's mm-hmm. side and how he feels about it and everyone's side. Yeah. The cutting is actually really interesting because that's something I never understood. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. again, like I'm lucky enough to have never been pushed mentally to the point wherein I want I would want to cut myself. But, yeah. So I never really understood I've never really understood people who do that. Yeah. Um this book is the closest that's allowed me to understand why, why people, people cut- would do yes, that. Same. However, mm-hmm. Um, I still don't fully understand because we're given different explanations. Um, for one, we're, we're told that like it's what Brother Luke taught him to like yeah, um, to, cope. Hurt, to hurt yourself, right? Mm-hmm. But like, then, um, there's also some exposition that says that like um, it's Jude's way of punishing himself. Also, he he feels so loved and blessed to have his success and his friends, and like cutting himself reminds him that yeah. no, you're dirt. Like, you're not deserving of these oh, things. Like, like he, you, you should yeah. feel pain. He does not allow himself to be super happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, I am, I, I have a better understanding of why people would do that. But I still can't say, like, I'm fully there. Like, I yeah. really understand. It's such a complex idea mm-hmm. anyway. So, I, 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 it's okay that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I think the most important thing that this book does is that it forces us to try, at yeah. the very least, to understand. Yeah. But like, yeah. you know how sometimes, I don't know if you guys experience this, but like when something in your body aches, you try to, I don't know if you do that, like if something really hurts in your body, you try to pinch another part of your body so you wouldn't uh, focus more on the yourself. pain. Mm. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that might also be. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Like because of his legs, you know how painful mm. his legs were? Yeah. Mm. So I I never really understood that sickness in uh, also yeah, the, like I, I, I didn't understand what was wrong with. Yeah, something about his nerves, right? Because of the car accident. It was yeah. never really explained medically, yeah. right? Yeah. Like what sickness he had specifically. Yeah. But yeah, I tried doing research also, but I couldn't find anything online. Yeah, it was vague in that sense. But in terms yeah. of the cutting, I think it was in general I think cutting is it's supposed to be illogical. I mean, in, in terms of like, yeah. there's not really an explanation 
for it. For it, yeah. like there's no objective. Yeah. This is why people cut themselves because yeah, it's a case to case thing. No? It's like in general, people want to protect themselves. So mm. to harm yourself is sort of against human nature in a way. But at the same time, it's like that's why if you are someone who has never cut yourself and that's I I I have never done that. So it's hard for me to sort of also put Speak for put, put yeah. myself yeah. in someone's shoes na parang, like Jude who constantly cuts himself throughout his life. So I think it's something that's hard to understand if you've never gone through it yourself. But yeah. like what you're saying, I think it's also his way of like punishing himself. Like he doesn't deserve yeah. this or maybe yeah. it's his way of like Mariana said, distracting from the emotional pain. So But he, he also it treats it like it's almost like a drug addiction it the way is. he approaches it. Because yeah. no? he says like I, I need this. He always says yeah. tells that to Willem. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I need this. I need to do this. Yeah. But I um, think that's a deeper re- like yeah. somewhat like I need to do deeper research on that if I were to want yeah. to fully understand, understand but it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like this book couldn't have yeah. made us understand fully. Yeah. Like, like it, it really, I don't think that was what the writer was trying to do anyway. Mm-hmm. But at the very least, like, it forced that conversation. Right. Which is good. Okay, I have a lighter nitpick. It's mm-hmm. not It's not as heavy. <laughs> <laughs> How many times did a character show up in this book and then you're like, who? <laughs> <laughs> like Elijah. Part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's one that's one weakness that the book has. There are these like really random names yeah. that the, that is that are mentioned periodically throughout the book, and then we're we don't really get a sense good sense of like who they are. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, who are you again? Like, I know you've been mentioned once, but I don't remember how and mm-hmm. when. Yeah, the, so um, that's that's a particular nitpick I wanted to point Feels out. Like uh, yeah, the, 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 black, the black and the white black, Henry yeah. Young. The black, oh, the black and, and Asian. <laughs> black and Asian Henry Young, yeah. Those random names, yeah. it feels like if it were if it were a play, it's like they're the chorus. They're like yeah, the they. Yeah, they're the ensemble. <laughs> they're yeah. like the general they or the general yeah. group of people that surround someone's life, I guess. Yeah. So, so yeah. my problem with, with, with writing like that and you, you giving names to characters. I feel like any character in any literature that has a name mm. should be memorable. Mm. Otherwise, use pronouns. Mm, yeah. <laughs> or like a title. Like the student from like this. Mm-hmm. Or like the professor that he had. Or like the roommate it called. You know. Mm-hmm. Like don't give them names. Because mm-hmm. like... And then you reference them again later on in the story, expecting us to remember who they are. Like we're not going to remember that. Especially in a 700-page book. Mm. So that's just one writer nitpick that I have. Another one is run on sentences mm. because this this book has so many run on sentences. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the sentence that I'm about to read right now is just one is just one sentence. And then of course, because Jude said no, Willems had said no as well. And in the end, he ended ended up with the two of them and Malcolm in Boston seating at the scene around the table. Parental stand-ins, friends of the parental stand-ins, lots of mediocre food, liberals having arguments with one another about democratic politics that involved a lot of shouting about issues they all agreed on <laughs> that was so cliched and gener- generic that he wanted to scream and yet held such a bizarre fascination for Jude and Willem. That entire <laughs> sentence, that entire segment that I read is one sentence. And this book is filled with, with sentences yeah, like, like that. that. Yeah. 
and it's it makes the reading yeah. experience so that's another reason why it's hard to read sometimes yeah because it's like, because wait, like <laughs> what? i'm just dragging myself through the mud to finish a single sentence <laughs> and then like it's not even that rewarding by the time you get to the end so it's yes, like yeah, yeah that's a, that's a nitpick that's a, actually that's my major nitpick mm-hmm. for this book it's too much writing that's that doesn't add any value or substance mm-hmm. at all it's just writing for the sake of writing and it's a shame because it's so unnecessary the mm-hmm. the the story could have been written much better it would have m- more of an impact without that kind of writing for me personally i know it appeals again it appeals to a lot of other people but okay. oh my god this book was way too long it could have been <laughs> written in 400 pages but like, this book could have been written in 400 pages i don't know the technicalities yeah. but like didn't she have an editor for that or maybe she was pushing uh, oh this is how i want no, it to be or like how, yeah, how does that it's, work it's a stylist it's a stylistic choice like mm-hmm. as a yeah. writer you have certain creative liberties and th- that's the one she chose i uh sh- again i respect that choice it's just that i'm not the reader for it I, mm-hmm. it's it's not the kind of writing that appeals to me mm-hmm. um she violates a lot of I'm not sure we're I'm sure you're familiar with this the show don't tell principle I've talked about this in previous podcasts how in any kind of uh, storytelling medium where it, whether it be in writing or in mm-hmm. filmmaking the goal is to show mm-hmm. but you're not necessarily telling, telling yeah. so mm-hmm. um you can show me that Jude has a hard life without telling me that he has a hard life I mm-hmm. can figure that out on my own yeah like mm-hmm. you don't have to tell me that he's sad mm-hmm. show me that he's sad. the situations that make him sad mm-hmm. like that's the kind of writing that's much more impactful because it engages me it allows me to like think more critically about what I'm reading mm-hmm. otherwise if you're just spoon feeding me everything then well it's like it's really boring for me like it, it, you're just going to tell me everything that you mm. he there's this like now remember that mariana we i think a message mariana messaged me like wait for that part where like <laughs> jude goes on like a two-page rant about all of his anxieties yeah because um harold harold tells jude like i want to talk to you about something and then yeah. it turns out like they want to adopt mm. him and then jude gets so anxious and like it's like two pages worth of like, what if it's going to be like this? Yeah. Or what if it's going to be like that? And it's like, oh my gosh, that's so unnecessary. Like that, that's such a waste of writing energy and reading energy. Writing like, energy, uh, that's true. It's so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> well, so yeah, that's a, that's a one major, that's the biggest nitpick that I have with this book. Same, same. Mm-hmm. That's why I rated it like yeah. 3.2. That was for me the biggest factor. Yeah. How, do, you, do you have any other nitpicks, Mariana or uh, Nikki? Well, I was sort of thinking about this before. Na if Doctor Thriller is a necessary character or not, mm. because interesting by that point, it's already sort of established that Jude that's true went through she a lot of trauma. trauma, sexual trauma. Yeah, so I was thinking, this is Doctor Thriller necessary? Because we already know he has sexual trauma, like he was sexually abused. So it was so weird, no? Like yeah, how like, he ended up there. That, that segment was also kind of rushed. Yeah, it's I like, feel like. Why do we have to have a doctor trailer? I was thinking about yeah. that. Like, could he have been? Could he have? I guess yeah. he was Luke. the cause of the accident. Yeah, I guess. I was thinking um, about that too. Like, should he? Could yeah. he have been run over by a car another way? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Does he have to true. be disabled? I don't know. Things like yeah. that. Um, yeah. Yeah. What What do you guys think? 
<laughs> and it, yeah, I agree. I also felt like that whole doctor trailer segment. Like we didn't get to spend much time with that doctor. Like mm-hmm. that whole narrative. Yeah. I felt like we spent so much time in the monastery and with Brother Luke, mm-hmm. but we didn't really get to spend a lot of time with the doctor. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, it almost felt forced. I agree with you. Yeah. Now that you that you mentioned it, it really felt out of place. Mm-hmm. Um. However, we have to consider also that a lot of the of Jude's depression really comes from his disability Mm -mm. like his deteriorating body so i think that's why they wanted to inject that accident but yeah i agree with you it could have been injected another way Mm -hmm. like with Um, brother luke yeah like him trying to escape or something yeah something like that Mm. um yeah that could have been there's there's actually one character that none of us have brought up yet and it's caleb oh yeah oh yeah Yeah, like the boyfriend (laughs) Um, do you think that, was, that whole segment uh, how, what do you think about that whole period of Jude's life? I mean I feel like it was nice that Caleb was part because Jude never had um, a relationship yeah. like his first relationship was with yeah. brother Luke right? Like a, like a you know like a girlfriend boyfriend thing like a boyfriend boyfriend thing Yeah. Um, but it was with brother Luke he thought yeah. right? And then I yeah. feel like it was necessary for Caleb to be there because remember, like I, I think I mentioned it also, like like even if he built all the walls to protect him, things can still happen to you. Yeah, yeah that's true. And I think like Caleb was just another manifestation of Jude's irrational behavior, his aptitude for putting himself in himself in positions to hurt himself. Yeah, like he knew that this guy was Mm-mm-mm. abusive. And he and didn't stop it the he first didn't time. He didn't leave right away. Yes. Yeah. And he didn't leave right because away. Because he thought he deserved and it. He thought that this yeah. was yeah. this was what he yeah. was gonna get na. Like with how he looks. With, yeah. yeah. It's so sad. Yeah. You know? And I was so heartbroken for Harold when Harold yeah. found out about it. Oh my god. And then it he never told Willem until much later on also. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah. like he was really fighting yeah. the urge to like beat up. Like you could really like and he was fighting yeah. the urge for yeah. Jude and then and then Caleb ended up dying yeah, from like pancreatic <laughs> yeah. cancer yeah oh, God. Uh, I don't know I guess that his Caleb's death was just like a way of Hanya's like okay the bad guy died please continue reading the book <laughs> <laughs> it's not all bad yeah, yeah I um, think that relationship was sort of evidence na someone who like I said earlier like someone who went through trauma at a young age is more is more at the risk yeah, yeah, to yeah. repeating the same cycle, the same cycle of abuse yes. later on in life. So I think yeah. that's why the author inserted Caleb yeah. so to sort of explain that or say that oh, this happens also in real life. Na you're more, you know, you're more at risk for abuse. Also, it takes time for you to sort of um step out of that cycle, I guess. But yeah. Yeah, it was like it was really hard reading that scene where he was forced out of out on the road naked and he was pushed down the stairs and No, like it was so triggering, like you just wanted to kill Caleb, you know? Like you just oh, wanted yeah. to be there to I'd... beat him up. So Caleb is more unlikable than JB Mariana. Of course, of course. But it's like <laughs> okay. we hated him so much that we just blocked him out. Red, you didn't even talk about <laughs> it. Sorry, there's one scene that I I want to bring up. Um, it's a redeeming scene for JB. Um, I know that like we like to pick on JB a lot because he's a very unlikable. Well, out of the four, he's the most unlikable. But um, it's when it's when 
I think it's towards the end of the book and then Harold is right. I think it's from Harold's perspective and then Harold is talking about how he wanted to challenge Jude and ask him as many questions as possible to see if Jude would be willing to eventually open up to him about his parents. Mm-hmm. Like he was still in the process of getting to know Jude. Mm-hmm. And then like I think the four of them took a trip to Harold's house or something like that and then Harold kept asking Jude questions. And then um, when it was just JB and Harold, JB, uh, this is the segment. As I was leaving to go upstairs, JB called my name and I came back. Listen, he said. He sounded embarrassed. Mm. I don't want to be rude or anything, but you should lay off by asking him so many questions. Mm. And then and then Harold said, I sat down again. Why? He said, he, wasn't, um, he doesn't have any parents. I don't know the circumstances. He won't even discuss it with us and not with me anyway. I think something terrible happened to him when he was a kid. So I don't know. It's like... Uh, like as much as we might not like JB, mm-hmm. like he still had Jude's best interest at heart. Yeah, he of. did. He did. So like, yeah. Yeah. They all had yeah. their own ways of protecting Jude. Yeah. Yeah. Even JB. Yeah. I personally, I feel like I wanted to explore Malcolm and JB's life more. Like, I feel like I would be okay with the length of the book if we also had gotten to know more about Malcolm and JB and mm-hmm. what their deals were. Yeah, like uh, trading the math um, thing for that. <laughs> no, I like the math segment. Keep the math segment. It's <laughs> I like intelligent writing. <laughs> the law writing. one was so nice though. Like the law crash yeah, course. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Um I don't know if Hanya has background as a lawyer. I I'm not, but there's a lot of legal references yeah. in this book. It's really well written. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so does anyone else have any nitpicks or moments we want to talk about? Or maybe we can move on to our final thoughts. Mm, that's pretty much it for me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe we can start uh, the final thoughts with Mariana, then we can go to me, and then Nikki, you can close the podcast. Yeah. Okay. okay. The book in general made me anxious and at the same time reminiscent. And it wasn't just because of the story itself didn't make me anxious, but like there were memories. Like it brought back memories, ba? but not right, about right. abuse, you know, but like other memories because of how sad the yeah. book was. And I was yeah. more shocked with how the book turned out more than I was heartbroken or sad. So it was like I felt more of the shock factor than the heartbreak. But but that's just me. And it was also very real in the sense that sometimes there really is no salvation. So it took mm-hmm. a village to keep Jude alive and yet he still took his life. So I also want to come across a book and read about a victim of abuse who is not as accomplished as Jude, like how their lives turn out despite all. So what if he wasn't as successful? What if he never found love or there was no Dr. Andy who can rescue him? So there are no traces as yeah. to why everyone loves him unconditionally. So the people surrounding him seem to have been obsessed with no backstory as to their endless devotion to Jude. So it would be nice if yeah. it was fleshed out more. Like with Malcolm and JB, like it wasn't really talked about and they didn't even know what Jude was going through. And yet they have mm-hmm. this like devotion. Uh, have you... Did you notice that? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it, a lot of it stemmed from like the camaraderie of being in college together. Like, okay. you know how, like, you have friends just because they were there at the start and, like, they're still your friends up until now. Like, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah. yeah but, like, but, yeah, go ahead. I felt like it would have been nice if it was fleshed out more. Yeah. So, I would like to take this time to finally give a sigh of relief that this is over. That the entire journey as a sponge <laughs> is coming to an end. And it has been excruciatingly exhausting. So, if you're ready for something heavy, perhaps you can pick this up. 
you might not cry because of the story, but maybe some dark thoughts might emerge, some things from the past reopened. So you have to like brace yourself for that. I have to agree. It was such a sigh of relief for me to finish this book. It's so weird because I I usually wake up excited to, to read. read, and I never mm. I never felt that with this with book. This book. I yes. was never excited <laughs> to pick it up. I get it. Yeah. Um, a lot of it had to do with the style because again, like the, right, the yeah. run-on sentences M- and the exposition. The yeah, the story. If it the story in itself is uncomfortable. But it's Mm-mm. it's the it's the kind of uncomfortable that's necessary. It's a necessary Mm-mm. discomfort. Yes. So there's this there's this idea that Neil Gaiman says, like, and I I totally buy into this idea. How the the goal of any kind of fiction is to tell the truth through lies, and mm. the truth is mental health is a very real issue for so many people, and it doesn't get talked about as much in mainstream media as other things because it's an uncomfortable idea to talk about. Mm -hmm. And I love that this book was able to use its fiction, its lies, its storytelling to make us uncomfortable, to confront a truth that so many people are experiencing for themselves. Yes. And in that sense, this book succeeds Mm -hmm. because it it forces us to have a conversation about this, no matter how uncomfortable it might make us feel. And... Mm -hmm. In that sense, I can recommend a good life, but it's only for those who are willing to confront that discomfort, mm-hmm. who have the mental capacity and emotional capacity to confront that discomfort. And yeah, there, I mean, it's 700 plus, 800 plus. If you're an ebook reader, it's 800 plus pages long, mm-hmm. but it is filled with amazing gems. Like, you're going to have to get through a, a bunch of crummy uh, run-on sentence writing, but occasionally you will stumble upon a gem that's so beautifully written, a segment that's so well written, right. or characters who are so real and so resonant and so uh, impactful yes. that it just saves the story. It's still a story. It's still a book worth reading. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna be bold enough to say that I will read it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, maybe in the future, but not anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But it's it's still, it's it's, it's a reading experience that I've never had with any other book. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that makes it worth reading. Uh, essentially, that's that's how, that's the best way I can sum it up. So, Nikki, do you want to close things out? Yeah, I was actually just about to say, like, even if I really love this book by the end, like when I finished it, I don't think I'll read it again. Yeah, maybe when I'm fifty or something, but yeah. um, not soon. I'm I'm not gonna read it anytime soon. Um, because it is such a heavy read. But like you said, it felt like it needed to be read in a way um, yeah. even if it was uncomfortable I'm thankful that um, I was able to get to know Jude and yes. um, his friends and the life that he yeah. built for himself and I agree with Marianne, Mariana na I wish that we were given more of a glimpse into Jude's happy moments because we're so immersed in his trauma and his sad moments and his anxiety his depression um i wish we had more of his goofy or funny moments but at the same time i feel like it wouldn't be that the would same yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 it wouldn't be the same vibe of the book yeah, yeah it wouldn't um it wouldn't 
be successful serving the purpose of like you know making you uncomfortable like baka magkaroon ng YA feel if magkaroon na if we yeah. if we see Jude like saying something funny or whatever like and maybe yeah. it was purposefully written in that way na you're not supposed to see Jude na happy at or at his yeah. best yeah. na yeah. yeah so yeah um that's something I thought na I wish I saw more of his happy moments but this, at the end of the day like okay like I think I know enough of him to understand him at the end of the day so yeah, yeah. and Yeah, I'm really glad I'm, I was able to talk to you guys about um, this Same. book. This is the kind of book that demands a conversation uh, with yeah, someone else. Like, yes. I didn't know that I needed exactly. to have this conversation with you, yeah. Mariana and Jet. Because yeah. like I said, I, re- I finished this last month. But like, I just put it on, on my bookshelf. But I didn't feel like a sense of like closure. You know how when, yeah. you, when you finish a book and you put it on your bookshelf, like, oh, I'm done with the book. For some reason, yeah. it's like, oh, no, I feel like there's still that itch that I have to talk to someone about yes. this. Or yeah. maybe... I don't know, just vent about it. And That's yeah, this yeah. conversation really gave me that. Um, it yeah. satisfied that need. I didn't know I, yeah. I, didn't know I had yeah. pala. So yeah, yeah um, if, you're, if you want to read this book, um, I suggest maybe um, reading it along with some, someone else, like a friend. It might be easier. So parang... By the end, you guys can talk about it, but and then listen to yeah, this podcast it, after. <laughs> yeah, and then listen to this podcast. Um, but yeah, I think it's um, it's an overall good book in my opinion. It is. Um, it is. And I really like the way it talked about male friendships because I don't think I've read any other book that was so in depth with different kinds of male friendships. Like with yeah, he had different relationships like with with Harold Andy Willem like in different ways um so um if you're into that like this is something you can appreciate i guess so yeah thank mm. you mariana and jet for having me of i really needed this um thank you also this conversation yeah finally yeah, so, we are released from <laughs> i know right so i was telling mariana when released. i finished the book i was like this is probably going to be our longest episode because <laughs> no because Yeah. Because this book, this book is like it. It has so many talking points. There yeah. are so many things to unpack, Mm-mm. and it's really that kind of book that, like, uh, you you're never going to have closure with it because there's there are too many things that you need to mm. think about and to talk things through with yes. other people because it's so complex, mm-hmm. emotionally and mentally complex. And yeah, that's why that's why we started this podcast. It's because it's for people mm. like us who, after reading a book, and we feel like. I need to talk about this with someone mm. and yeah um hopefully this this episode was able to do that for you the listener um so yeah again thank you Nikki for joining thank us for guys. this episode thank we you really so appreciate much. it you're always welcome to join us whenever yes. you want if you're ever good to um, <laughs> read, read another, another book, book yeah, um, yeah I'd hopefully be honored, you, you yeah. can make a return appearance on the show okay maybe you can close this you can make your last plugs for um just a reminder listeners of where they can find you Mm. yeah yeah thank you again mariana and jet for having me here over at fiction friends and if you guys want to follow me i have a podcast also it's currently on break but maybe after a few weeks or months i don't know i don't have a plan yet um i'll be back Uh, it's called from nikki with love and you can also follow me on instagram at nikki vicente and the podcast instagram at from nikki with love 
PH. So yeah, thank so you again, Mariana. Some, maybe there are some episodes from your podcast that you want to push. Like, are there any interesting episodes that you want people mm. to? Since you're not producing any new stuff right now, maybe yeah. they, there are specific episodes I you can think, push for. I think the most fun is the one with my boyfriend. Like, the one about dating during the pandemic. I think a lot of people enjoyed oh, yes. a lot of people enjoyed that podcast podcast episode yeah. because I was personally yeah. looking for a podcast episode on Spotify that talked about like Filipinos trying to date during, during the pandemic, pandemic and the yeah. struggles yeah. Yeah. so yeah um, if you want you guys you to listen to that you because of that episode right you charted because of that episode I think so was I think it was episode? because of yeah. that yeah that yeah, episode yeah, yeah. yeah. so All yeah right. um I I I I think I saw snippets of that episode. Mm. I listened to snippets of that episode also. Um, it was quite interesting. Mm. Um, I'm encouraging everyone to <laughs> visit you, Nikki's you. Nikki's podcast. So yeah, that does it with us. Um, you can also follow Fiction Friends on Instagram or Fiction Friends PH. Yes. Uh, Mariana G Varela on Instagram, and I'm Jet Luga on Instagram. I've also recently launched my own YouTube channel. Mm. Um, shameless plug. Well, it's my podcast. I can do whatever I want. So yeah, please follow <laughs> yeah. me on YouTube. <laughs> Find me Jet Luga on YouTube um, I don't book I don't post book content on my YouTube although maybe I might consider doing that yes. although I do I do post book content on my TikTok I'm at JetLuga10 on TikTok Mariana is also posting book content on her TikTok it's at Mariana G. Varela um, do you have TikTok Nikki? Um, I do but it's random stuff so I don't ah. yeah Okay. No, we'll, we'll, we'll still follow you either yeah. way. Um, yeah. So yeah, that I yeah. guess does it for this. Uh, Mariana, is there anything you want to push? You want to plug? Wala na, okay na. Very good. <laughs> All right. Thank you everyone Thank for you, listening Mariana to this very Thank long episode so of much, Fiction Nikki. Friends. <laughs> yeah. So if you stuck by to the end of this episode, good for you. Um, you if you if you had the endurance to read the entire <laughs> little life, then you probably have the endurance to listen to this entire podcast as well. So, good luck with the uh, editing. Yeah. Jeff. Thank you everyone for joining. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? All right. <laughs> so thank you, Nikki, for joining us, um, listeners. We'll see you around again soon. Bye. 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 Bye.